Sports Studios, KDUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Putting World located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road that are open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. We'll get into a little bit more about Putting World in just a second as the CO and GM of Putting World, Steve Leonard, has uh, sat down with me. But first, as we typically do to get things started in hour two, let's reset the poll questions, Corey. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did we witness the start of a Denver Nuggets dynasty on Monday night? Yes or no are the options. And Corey, what are the masses at? Still split down the middle, 50-50 on KDOSAM1060.com. We'll answer that question around 11.30 today. And on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060, should Saquon Barkley in contract protest hold out to start the 2023 regular season? Corey, what do the masses say? We have no still leading at 80% of the vote there. Yes, at 20% on KDOS AM 1060 on Twitter. Another question that we will answer around 11.30 today. So without further ado, we have Putting World COO and GM Steve Leonard on the program here. Steve, thanks for taking some time. Uh, this is a beautiful facility that you have. Well, thanks for uh, having me, and thanks for being here. Absolutely. Uh, so, okay, explain it to the people listening here. We have 18 holes. We have some putting labs behind us. Uh, so what can people expect when they walk in? Well, first thing they're going to experience is that it's indoors right that's the yeah. big thing and big differentiator for us it's always 75 and sunny in here so this summer when it's 110 115 outside you come in here it's like finding your own little oasis but it's yes yeah, 25,000 square feet indoors 18 holes of championship putting course very realistic like you're out on some of the best greens and some of the best courses in i can Arizona. attest to that yes yeah and then um, we have a lot of training, a lot of instruction, world-class instruction, technology, as you mentioned, in our putting studios that are probably more technology than anybody else in the country has to make you a better putting and to take the guesswork out of putting and in putting instruction. Absolutely. Guesswork, you know, that's a lot of putting, right? And so if you can kind of find some data points to take out that guesswork, it makes it easier. But there is still that element of feel that you want to maintain in the putting game. Absolutely. And something that's great about our um, course and the way it's set up is that it's really based on line, but also pace, right? So by practicing out here and playing out here, you will develop a great feel for for pace, which is really probably the most important thing when it comes to putting is getting it the right distance. I think that you make a great point there that it, it like you have to combine the two, the line and the pace. But if you never have the right pace, you stand no chance of ever, you know, making a putt. So if you get the pace down, then you can really start to narrow in some of the different technical sides of figuring out how to read greens. Exactly. And, you know, the great thing about putting worlds, you're here, you're working on your game, you're getting better without even realizing it a lot of times because you're enjoying our great food and beverage at bar 19 you're watching the game or the tournament on our 52 um 
86-inch TVs that are all around. You're enjoying a drink while you're on the course and all while you're just here with your friends. It only takes 30 minutes to play 18 holes. Uh, that's not too shabby. When we're talking about just sports in general and kind of speeding up sports, 30 minutes, that's not bad at all. No, 30 minutes and we have unlimited day passes. So you can come out here $39 during the week, 49 on the weekends. And memberships available too, so you can enjoy this every day for all month. But um, we like to think that we're a lot more than just putting, which is why it's called Putting World. You have the instruction, but Bar 19, unbelievable good food and drinks. I, again, our chef hates it when I say it, but it's surprisingly good food. People don't expect it to be this good when it comes. They come in here. But man, it's fantastic. Yeah, Bob and I are going to devour some food uh, when we get off air. Uh, you know, it is a U.S. Open week, so it's the third major on uh, the, the men's circuit here. And I saw some some guys, uh, when they were getting things set up this morning here, really kind of figuring out different ways of setting up a putting course. So are we setting it up like U.S. Open week, or are we setting it up for the upcoming Putting World Tour? Uh kind of one and the same so today we are choosing the courses that we're going to have on our world putting tour which is our monthly event with a thirty thousand dollar purse ten thousand dollars to first place not too shabby that's great <laughs> i mean you won't find that anywhere else but we set it up pretty hard you know we set it up it's four rounds and we have two rounds that you can make a move and then two rounds where you just kind of have to you know hang on a little survival of the of the fittest there but um, this Sunday is going to be great for Father's Day. You'll come in here, we'll have all the TVs on, um, the tournament, the sound up, so you're almost going to feel like you're there and you can you can play and with your kids or just your buddies and or family and just spend a nice day indoors here. You mentioned Father's Day. There's also a Father's Day sale going off, half off the first month's membership. Uh, there's also happy hour every day, 3 to 6 p.m. at Bar 19. When you talk about, though, the setup here of just kind of hanging on, I mean, that's what these professionals are going to experience at the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, it started the week as you were hearing things about how, oh, it's kind of playing a little soft. And uh, I know that there might be some rain, mm -hmm. but the way that the USGA gets things underway, uh, it is going to be firm and fast by Sunday so oh, you're yeah. hanging on yeah absolutely and that's just the way the US Open always plays right and it's it's fun to watch you're kind of I don't know if we're a glutton to watch other people <laughs> suffer but you know it's um, I think LA um, Los Angeles Country Club yeah. is gonna be a great test and there's some holes out there that are just bare 600 over you know plus yard par fives and and then an 80-yard par three. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that, <laughs> especially since they said it might, I saw somewhere that might be 73 yards on Sunday, and people are just going to be scared to death to pull the club back. I think Matt Fitzpatrick has already said he's going to be scared, that he knows how to hit the 280-yard par three, but the 80-yard par three he's uh, a little nervous about for sure. Right. But you can make up some strokes on the putting green. So we had mentioned here behind us uh, we have the two putting studios. So what are the difference between the two putting studios and what sort of metrics do you, you get out of this? Well, our performance coaches, they use um, the Sam Putt Lab and then also the Quintic system to analyze your stroke in various ways. There, there's different t technology behind each, each system and that gives different um, information behind each. But you combine those along with the drills and everything that we can get to that. It really just analyzes in a black and white scientific manner what you're doing well with your stroke, what you need to improve. And our performance coaches can take that and give you a prescription, we call it, to work on your game and work on your stroke. And through taking the guesswork out of it, like we said, it allows you to improve so much faster than if you're just trying to figure out and, you know, it might be this, but it might be that. 
Now you know what it is, and we can fix it faster and more efficiently. Can you explain to people, like I try to explain to, to people when I'm talking about golf and the importance of being fit into something that makes sense for you, and I guess that's most closely always aligned with the driver or the irons, but when you're talking about putting, your stroke is your stroke. Obviously, you can work on ways to get better on that, but if you're fit in a putter that just doesn't work for you or you know you have a, a bit of a, an upright putter but your stroke is a little bit more on the flat side, of things like that you're you could be doing everything right you're just not going to make putts right now you see golfers in general always looking to, to get fit for that new driver because they want that 10 extra yards or whatever but you're hitting a driver what 12 times around maybe you're hitting your 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 putts are 40 percent of your game so you're hitting the same club every time on those shots so there's nothing more important than getting a properly fit putter Right, and if you don't have a putter that's fit, then you are compensating on every single stroke. Wait, let's talk about putting a little bit too, because from Scotty Scheffler's standpoint, he is on a historic pace with how he is hitting the ball. But his putting at the Memorial, he lost over eight strokes on the green. Uh, so when he's thinking about things this week, there's been talks about him potentially changing putters. Uh, you know, he has kind of one t style of putter. Would you recommend, though, making such a change like that ahead of a major championship? Sure. <laughs> Sometimes a little change just mentally, mm -hmm. you know, might put you over the top. So why wouldn't you do it? Um, but Scotty, he, it's one putt. It could be just one thing that he, you know, feels on a practice putting green or something that just it clicks. Next thing you know, he's running away with it. So, yeah, man, putting it can be such a tricky little part of the game, but it's so important. So for him, it's a tough call. It's the U.S. Open, but why not? It's some, something's not working. You got to find something. Do something different just to see if it does, you know, kind of collect. You're talking a lot about all the data that goes into it, but putting also can just be a lot of confidence. So it's just finding that one little thing, and whether it is from the yep. data, the confidence just all of a sudden the hole looks much bigger than it really is. Absolutely. And if you know that what you're using is the one that's best for you, the best club, best putter for you, then you're already have, you already have a sense of confidence going into it. Then At you start seeing a few go in, next thing you know, Gangbusters, right? Absolutely. Uh, so wrapping up this conversation here with Steve Leonard, who is the COO and GM of Putting World. So what's going on this week for U.S. Open Week, Father's Day, and uh, the upcoming World Putting Tour as well? Yeah, well, we're taking registrations for the World Putting Tour, and this week we have a lot of group events here. This is a perfect venue to have team building or a corporate outing fundraiser because, again, it's indoors. Everybody can putt. You know, you're not intimidated by trying to get the ball in the air, and it doesn't take that long. We have great food and beverage complimenting it. And you're going to see a lot of social media posts here promoting our Father's Day uh, promotions. And we just hope everybody comes out. You know, we're still only four months old, so a lot of people are still discovering us. So hopefully all your listeners will come out and see what we're all about. I think they will have a wonderful time. It's just a lot of fun for any level of golfer, even though they're just a beginning. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, they are located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road, open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. And as Steve has mentioned, the great food and drinks at Bar 19. Visit them at puttingworld.com. We'll step aside and we'll continue actually the golf theme here as we'll be joined by Alex Myers from Golf Dive. Digest. We'll figure out what's going on at LA Country Club. Can we go to the top of the board with Scotty Scheffler? I mean, he's 
historically hitting the ball really well, but are his plus 700 odds really something we want to do? How can we pivot? We'll get into everything with Alex Myers on the other side of the break. We also have a $50 gift certificate to Putting World. Right now, if you are caller number 2, 602-260-1060. Once again, caller number 2, 602-260-1060, the $50 gift certificate to Putting World. The upcoming World Putting Tour, July 1st through 2nd, there's still time to qualify and as Steve mentioned, the $30,000 purse, $10,000 to the first place winner. Happy hours every day, 3 to 6 p.m. at Bar 19. Bring the kids, kids 12 and under putt free with a paying adult. Uh, Golf Talk, U.S. Open, it's coming up. It's the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Wednesday. It's June 14th. We're having some fun at Putting World. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Broadcasting live from Putting World in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Great food and drinks at Bar 19. Uh, We have a four-pack of Diamondbacks tickets as well as a $50 gift certificate to Putting World. If you come on down fill out the form uh we're obviously looking forward to having some funds some lunch and uh, also some putting contest as well so come on out and have a blast with us uh we're going to stick with the golf theme here though because it's u.s open week the u.s open from la country club it comes in at 7,421 yards, a par 70 golf course, bent grass greens, Bermuda fairways, and as we typically do, we get help for where to go with the major championships from our guy, Alex Myers from Golf Digest. So let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline right now. Alex, it's Kayla. How are you today? I'm doing great, Kayla. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's fun to be out and about here. Uh, A major championship field, the U.S. Open. Let's start with L.A. Country Club. It's the first time that L.A. Country Club is hosting the U.S. Open. It went under a major renovation about five years ago, trying to restore it somewhat to its original design. So do we have any idea how this course looks and feels? Will it play firm and fast? What do we know about L.A. Country Club? Yeah, well, it's it is going to play firm and fast. That's uh, the hope of the USGA. It doesn't look like there's going to be much rain in this Southern California after all. So uh, it, it's going to be a test, but a different type of test than what we used to seeing at the U.S. Open. Um, it's you know not those pencil-wide fairways with high rough around. It's going to be a lot more wide fairways, uh, but don't be fooled by that because you have to hit it to the right proper side of these fairways or you're going to have difficult approach shots to these small greens and around the greens um, again you're not going to have like the foot higher up or anything but it's Bermuda rough which is unusual for U.S. Open so that's that more spongy as you got as you know out there in Arizona spongy grass and uh, you know can give you some unpredictable lies um, that can happen uh, you know out of the, the regular rough as well so Definitely a lot of challenges for these guys, but again, it's not going to look like that typical U.S. Open, like an Oakmont or a Wingfoot, um, but it should be really cool, and it's definitely 
a course that a lot of uh, people, especially you know people who are really into golf architecture, have been used have been really looking forward circling this date on the calendar for a long time. And if the course is playing par 70, 7,423 yards. You start off with hole number one, which is a par five, 590 mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. You go right into hole two, which is a par four, 497 yards. There's demanding par threes at 284 yards, 290 yards. You also have a demanding par three at 124 yards that could potentially play 75 to 80 yards. We might be right. hearing this term as well about half pars a lot this week so can you explain what that is and then how this course really shapes up yardage wise yeah you know the usga it's not just making firm courses and thick rough they want to mess with the guy's minds or at least challenge them and a lot of things that you were just alluding to are going to be different again than than what they're used to seeing at this this open so you go from uh you know the easy opening par five to a tough par four that's reminiscent of Riviera, which is another George Thomas design in the area. Uh, and then, you know, the routing is just very different. You have five par threes here and three par fives. So you, you know, when you think of a par seven, you usually think, okay, there's a couple par fives that were changed to par fours. But here, you actually do have that extra par three and an extra par five, uh, which I think is going to be cool. And then, yeah, you know, a couple of these par threes can be maxed out at. Uh, they're almost as long as the, the drivable par 4-6, which is going to get a lot of attention. There's two par 3s that could play up to nearly 300 yards. And then, you know, you mentioned the 15th hole, which uh, everybody's kind of anticipating the USGA is going to, you know, move the tee up to the front of this really long uh, boomerang-type green. Um, and that's going to make the hole play so much shorter to the point where the yardage might actually be under 80 yards. They actually played it like that at the 2017 Walker Cup. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler said, has already said that he might actually lay up on a 78-yard hole because the landing area is so small that he might just hit it in front of the green and try to get up and down from there uh, instead of potentially burying in a bunker or, you know, getting caught in the rough or something like that. So, it, it's, again, it's going to test these guys both physically and mentally with um, the different routing here than, than what we're used to at a typical U.S. Open venue. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. The USGA is certainly known for its crazy hard setups. Golfers often complain about the unfair nature of past setups with rough, green speeds, etc. So what are players saying this week, and how penal does it seem that the rough is going to be? Yeah, I mean, getting back to your your other question before I didn't fully answer about the half par, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of have to almost throw par out the window, um, and because some of these, you know, the, the, some of the par threes are really like 3.5s, and some of the par fives are really like 4.5s, and some of the par fours are 3.5s, but some of them are also 4.5s. So, you, again, it's just the USGA kind of messing with them. It, it, par almost doesn't really matter. I mean, you just have to add up your total strokes at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you know, anytime you have guys potentially pulling a head cover off a club to hit on a par three, that's certainly unnerving. It's not something that they're used to seeing. And then on the flip side, again, having a sand wedge on a part three um, or a lob wedge, or, and then even thinking about not aiming at the green when it's that close, that's something that's tough as well. And, you know, some of the players have um, talked as well about, I mentioned the fairways being wide, but they are very contoured in some places. There are some places where you can land the ball in the middle of the fairway and it'll roll all the way off into the rough. So, 
um, you really have to play the right shape of shots um, into these fairways just to keep them in the fairways. It's kind of in that way. It's kind of similar to um, Olympic Club, another California course that's hosted the U.S. Open. Uh, but no, it, I, I think I think the players um, are anticipating it to be challenging. I don't think they're thinking it's going to be, you know, a wing foot or an Oakmont where even par has a chance to win. But I also don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think I think you will see a fair number of birdies on those more accessible holes. But I think you're going to see a lot of bogeys as well because if you're just a little out of position here, um, it's going to be tough to save par. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDUS AM 1060 as we're talking about the U.S. Open uh, getting underway tomorrow from L.A. Country Club. Scotty Scheffler, he's the odds-on favorite to win the event at plus 700. His ball striking has been historic. However, he's been hemorrhaging strokes on the putting green with the flat stick. By all accounts, uh, I don't know what he's going to do with the putter. There has been maybe some talks about him trying to to figure out if he's going to change putters this week, etc. But how do you see Scotty's game coming into this U.S. Open? And even if he does lose strokes putting, can he still win? He can. I mean, it's crazy to think, but that memorial performance, uh, you know, was a historic performance in two ways both for his ball striking from tee to green where he gained 20 shots, but also for losing nine shots on the green. If he had putted to the average, he would have won by seven shots, um, which is pretty remarkable. So to me, I, I see why he's the favorite. Um, I think he's got 16 consecutive top 20s as well. I mean, he just never has a bad week. And the bad weeks are when his putter is just brutal. And even that, he still contends. So, uh, you know, six to one is a little jarring. Uh, I think it was still seven yesterday. It's now moved to six. There's been a lot of people jumping on him. I never bet favorites. I actually am thinking about a decent-sized wager on Scotty. I just think he's played such great golf this year that it, it, it's hard to imagine him not um, winning a major this year. And, and, you know, certainly he still would have the British Open after this to try to get it done and, and certainly also won the players uh, but technically not a major. So I just think, um, you know, he is the guy to beat. I think if he has any sort of a decent putting week or if he has a good putting week, I think he wins So um, with the way he's been hitting the ball. So, um, yeah, I do like it. I know he joked about potentially uh, testing out some other putters yesterday. I'd rather him stick with what he knows uh, because even, you know, as bad as it's been, I, I just I think you, you're bringing even more question marks in when you make a last-minute switch like that. You know, you were talking about just the precision that it needs to play this golf course, even though they have the wide fairways, talking about right. how things could really hit and run off. You're just thinking about who's really been just precise with their ball striking, who's been able to hit all the shots, and you're like, that's Scotty Scheffler. Um, right. But also, it could be John Rahm. However, it's really hard to win multiple majors in one season. Uh, there's always the talks as well about Rahm's success in California, but maybe we should caution that line of approach since success at Torrey Pines comes on Poana Greens. LACC is bent grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to compare this course to, to anything, especially any other uh, U.S. Open venue. So, I mean, again, look, we know how good John Rahm is. Certainly he deserves to be, you know, it's, it's Rahm, it's Kepka, and it's Scheffler. Those are the big three guys right now. I mean, I'm sorry, Rory's dropped below that. 
um, with his struggles, particularly on Sunday the last couple weeks. Even when he's playing well, it seems to disappear on Sunday. So it's these other three guys that are, are the main guys. I just happen to think Scheffler, um, for this venue in particular, with his short game, especially his short game creativity around these greens, I just give him a slight edge over Rom and over Brooks. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, of course, uh, Rom, Brooks, they're both going for, for multiple majors in a year. And, and you're right, it is difficult to do that. But once you have the one, it's not as difficult. I mean, these guys are both certainly capable of getting it done. Brooks Kepka has won two majors in a year before. So, uh, um, you know, those three have really separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, they've been super impressive. They've won the three biggest events this year, so it kind of makes sense. And so it's going to be kind of interesting to see who of those three is able to win a second one this year. Um, and, and again, I, I, I would lean Scotty, but uh, certainly it, neither of those other two guys would surprise me. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. You mentioned creativity, and a guy I think about is Jordan Spieth. When I also watched the flyover videos of LACC, the first thing I thought of was like Australian-type golf courses. Mm -hmm. I thought of Chambers Bay, and Chambers Bay, Jordan Spieth, he won a yep. U.S. Open there. Uh, is there any concern, though, he's 24-1, to 1. is there any concern, though, that he hasn't been able to close the deal yet this season and get a win? No, I, I definitely a little concerned, but your head is right where mine is, too. He's kind of my my main pick other than Scheffler, um, and, and I've, I have him at actually 33-1, to 1, I think, so that's very Ooh. juicy. He's been getting a little down, yeah, he's getting, getting a little more love as time's gone on. No, I mean, it's kind of similar with Rory. I mean, he, he let's be honest, he's had a few tournaments this year where he should have won, and he did not close the door. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, even at Chambers Bay, he did not exactly slam the door shut there. He had Dustin Johnson three-putt from 15 feet to hand him that title. And, you know, I, I was out there at uh, his last major win um, at the British when uh, he looked like he was going to lose to Matt Kuchar with that wild tee shot. I mean, he, he is very shaky down the stretch, especially at majors. Um, and, of course, we all know what he did at Augusta when he was going for back-to-back. It, it's a, you know, just a disaster on the 12th hole. So, no, there's always a concern with him closing out, for sure. Uh, that being said, when it's him and a couple other guys, you know, how many of these guys are actually great closers? I mean, there's very few. I mean, you know, obviously you would say Brooks Kepka. Uh, you would say Shepler's kind of emerging as one of those guys. Rom, obviously, as well. So again, we're talking about kind of the big three guys. There aren't there aren't too many guys who you you just feel totally confident in down the stretch. So that being said, I still I agree with you. I think the course itself, um, the the width off the tee especially helps Jordan. And when he is out of position, he has the skills, the recovery skills to get back in position. And we all know about the magical short game. I mean, he can just do it all around the greens um you know he's a wizard saving pars when so um but but uh, yeah he's other than scheffler he's he's my number two guy this week uh, especially based on the value that uh even still out there i mean he's you know three times the odds of a scheffler uh, i think you gotta kind of like that uh, Victor Hovland, he got a victory mm. just a couple of weeks ago at Memorial. That's his biggest victory so far on the PGA Tour. Patrick Cantlay, they're both 17-1. to 1. Then you have Xander at 19-1. to 1. Uh, You know, 
when you think about these three players here, this statistic was really stunning to me that Cantlay has never been within five shots of the lead yeah. in a major heading into Sunday. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you have question marks about trusting him. You have Vic has worked so hard on his short game, but can you mm -hmm. trust that next level creativity? And then do we know where Xander's game is at? Yeah, I mean, of those guys, I actually do like Xander the most. I mean, Victor, uh, you know, Victor's clearly a guy who's going to win majors. He's come close at the last three. I just would be a little surprised here based on the fact that the, the driving isn't quite as big of a, um, you know, focused here, and that's really the strength of his game. He is just an incredible driver of the golf ball. So I think he loses a little bit of his edge here. It doesn't mean he can't still contend, but uh, you mentioned his short game. Yes, much improved, but even closing out the Memorial, he chunked a couple chips uh, down the stretch. He hit some great ones as well, but he, you know, I, it still could be something that, that comes back to bite him. Uh, but, again, yes, he is getting better, and, yes, I do expect him to win. Cantley, I'm glad you brought up that stat. I just, It's just a stunning stat. Um, if, you know, 25 career majors could literally never be in the hunt going into the final round. Now, he did make a great run at the 2019 Masters when Tiger ended up winning. He was behind. He made a great run. He actually, I think, took the lead for a second um, with three holes to go, you know, way ahead of the leaders. But he was in the mix there. But, again, just to not enter that final round in serious contention ever, I just don't know how you could ever really trust him. So I go back to Xander. He has been there. He hasn't gotten it done. But at least he has been there. Um, and if you look at the numbers, strokes gained total, I think he's in the top five right now still on tour. Uh, it's one of those weird years again. He won three times last year, but he hadn't been before that. He didn't win for a few years. And now he hasn't won yet this year. But all the stats show that he's playing just as well as last year when he was winning. So, um, you know, and he's a California guy as well. So uh, Xander of, of that group is, is who I kind of like. Uh, I mentioned that this course kind of reminded me a lot of Australian different courses, and I immediately yeah. thought of Cam Smith. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure what I think about Cam Smith's game this year. Uh, we obviously don't see yeah. him because he's on the Live Tour, but right. when you look at the results, it's not maybe what we expected after him coming off of such a phenomenal year the, the, the previous year. No, it's, it's, it's 100% correct. I've, I've actually, I think I've bet on him at both the Masters and the PGA. I think he, he did get a top 10 at the at the PGA uh, but you're right we just haven't seen a lot of him he hasn't been impressive on the live tour either he did what he won last year but he hasn't won this year uh, so it is tough to gauge but but you're right it does remind you of an Aussie course you know he's got an incredible short game the only thing that could hurt him is right at the top you mentioned you know 7400 par 70 is pretty long and he's not the longest hitter so um, but, uh, you know, he's in that 30 to one range. I think if you went back to the British open last year, when he won, if you said cam, you could get cam Smith at 30 to one or whatever he's been in these few majors this year, you would have snatched it up instantly because, uh, you know, he would have been more in the 10 to one range following that open win last year. We're having a conversation here, U.S. Open Talk, Alex Myers, Golf Digest. All right, so if you're willing to swallow the price, Scotty Scheffler, or look maybe to pivot to a Jordan Spieth. So mm -hmm. longer shots, top 20s, top 30s, who are you looking at? Uh, my next guy is a long shot is Joaquin Neiman. Uh, you know, another guy we haven't seen as much of since he went to live. But, you know, he was a top 25 guy when he went. 
He won wire to wire at Riviera, which is another George Thomas design in the area. Um, not exactly the same course, but but certainly enough, uh, you know, where he gets a little bit of a boost, I think, versus some other guys. So I think him in the, the 90 to 1 range is, is pretty good. You know, it's funny, it's probably was a really long shot. Uh, you talk about the Bermuda Rough, and you kind of think of maybe some of the Florida courses, and you also think of difficult Florida courses. And you, I think of Sepp Straka, um, a guy who won the Honda Classic. And, um, you know, he's kind of a ball-striking machine. I, I think he, he's at 280 to 1, so I think you get him at 28 to 1 or something for a top 10. Um, he would probably be the, the long shot long shot that I, I would like to make a little noise. Again, tough to bet someone like that outright to win, but to finish decently. Alex, this is always so much fun breaking down major championships with you. I'm really excited to see what L.A. Country Club is going to throw at these guys this week. Let's have a fun week. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Enjoy the golf. See you. Absolutely. Once again, that is Alex Myers there from Golf Digest, and we'll step aside here uh, on the extra point as we're coming to you live from Putting World in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Great food and drinks at Bar 19. The clock is winding down, getting closer to lunchtime for Bob and I. Uh, we'll get back into regularly scheduled programming as we answer the poll questions. Uh, uh, I'll wrangle Bob back over here, and we'll uh, we'll answer the poll questions and uh, have a blast for the last 20 minutes. There's still plenty of time for you to come down. Let's have some some food. Let's uh, putt. Let's enjoy all that is putting world. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by SuperBook Sports. Wednesday, June 14th, right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Thanks to Alex Myers of Golf Digest for always taking time with us, breaking down the U.S. Open and certainly looking forward to that. Uh, You know what? I look at Scotty Scheffler. I want to say let's pull the trigger on him plus 700 is difficult I do know that something uh, popped into my inbox about a potential insurance uh, thing with FanDuel Sportsbook so maybe Scotty Scheffler might be my insurance play uh, what, what do you think? Um, that's the interesting number though you can't really know. negotiate that I mean if, uh, you know, if it were just uh, kind of like a pool or something that would be easy to take him first right? yeah like a one and done league yeah, yeah. Scotty Scheffler's my man um, my, my friend Brian's in one of those uh, Jordan Spieth we are going with him at 24 to 1 jealous of uh, Alex Myers' number at 33 to 1 uh, <laughs> but there we go Justin Rose shop around yeah Justin Rose we're going with him 48 to 1 also taking him in a top 30 at plus 105 taking Tyrrell Hatton in a top 20 at 
at plus 125. And then my long shot is Eric Cole in a top 40 at plus 210. So we'll see how the U.S. Open from L.A. Country Club unfolds. But as we typically do in this segment, we answer today's poll questions. And we start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did we witness the start of a Denver Nuggets dynasty on Monday night? Yes or no, Bob? I'm going to say yes. You know, I think the first thing is what is a dynasty in the NBA or professional sports? And, you know, I think the Warriors, you know, they had several over a period of time. And even going back early part of this century or even the last part of the 90s, uh, 1990s with the Spurs, I think that that core there, that group, I think could be considered a dynasty. And considering you've got the main guys, you know, under contract and, you know, obviously Michael Malone situation and they just, you know, they have a new GM this year was the first year uh, for him. So I think it's uh, you know, Calvin Booth. I think, uh, you know, they're going to be attacked here for a while. And uh, you know, the, the way that they ran through the playoffs, 16 and four overall, 10 and one in the last 11 games, never even faced an elimination game along the way. Uh, you know, usually I'm completely against these dynasty ideas, but can just the way that they're set up, at least for the next couple of years, I think that the possibility definitely exists. So I'm going to say yes. Uh, dynasties are hard. Yes. Uh, they're really hard. And injuries can always play a major factor in all of this. So uh, with a healthy Jokic and a healthy Murray, you certainly have a great foundation with those two playing the two-man game. You add in Aaron Garden. You add in Michael Porter Jr. And you have a really solid foundation here. Um, certainly, I don't foresee other teams just standing pat. They obviously want the to host, hoist the trophy themselves. So I think it's going to be a tough road ahead uh, for for the Nuggets to be a quote-unquote dynasty. I don't know that we're going to see something like we did with the Warriors ever again. Um, maybe ever again is a strong word, but I don't know if we're going to see that from the Nuggets. But certainly from a foundational standpoint, they have the pieces in place to be uh, making it to NBA Finals and Western Conferences Conference Finals for the next couple of years. Just to add to that, you know, the fact that uh, they're not exactly an old unit. <laughs> so uh, it seems like these guys are improving as time has gone on, either individually or collectively. Absolutely. Jokic out of those is the, the oldest one at 28. Yeah. Old timer. Corey, what are the masses saying? All right, a tough question. KDOS1060.com's poll question. Let's toss it on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Should Saquon Barkley in contract protest hold out to start the 2023 regular season? For him, this is kind of a unique situation because obviously he has a massive injury history, which makes the team very uh, nervous about signing him to a long-term deal, providing a lot of guaranteed money, uh, just in general, the way that the running back situation has kind of gone over the years for teams as well. But he is such a large part of their offense. Uh, you know, we they, they've tried to make some upgrades, bringing in some different players in this offseason here, uh, obviously getting something done with Daniel Jones and us seeing kind of a leap from Daniel Jones this season. But Saquon, it really kind of starts with him. So he's kind of in an interesting position for himself just because of how important he is to this team. 
it's always hard though to to gamble on yourself in this when there's some guaranteed money on the line. Yes, I understand you could potentially be making way more if you don't sign your franchise uh, tag, but if you don't sign it, then you're out guaranteed ten million dollars. So that's a really rough decision to make. You just have to wonder uh, who's going to cave first in terms of uh, you know where do the Giants think they are in positioning themselves to continue and build upon their playoff run, and does it start there with Saquon Barkley? Yeah, well, if you look statistically, you mentioned Daniel Jones, and I saw a graphic uh, last couple of days here of Jones's numbers when Barkley's been healthy and playing uh, and when he hasn't. And needless to say, and this would be, I think, this way for almost all quarterbacks, but it is drastically different when Barkley's healthy and performing uh, and uh, on the field. Uh, his, you know, Jones's numbers are far superior to what they were otherwise. The other thing is, uh, you know, just kind of, a, I don't know if it's exactly, it was a different situation, that, so I can't really call it a precedent, but how'd the Le'Veon Bell thing sitting out work out? Uh, that, for anybody, the yeah. organization or for him. It didn't go well. Corey, what do the masses have to say? No is still in the lead, but yes is starting to catch up here. Yes, at 33.3% of the vote there, no at 66.7% of the vote on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. And that'll conclude uh, the poll questions here. We'll step aside and we'll prepare ourselves for the final segment of Extra Point here on this Wednesday, June 14th. I see the menu from Bar 19 over in the distance, so I might uh, have to take a little gander on over there to see what I'm going to be ordering for lunch here. Uh, There's still time for you to come on down. We'll be out here for a little while. Let's have some fun uh, with some putting as well as having some food. Putting World located in Scottsdale 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Uh, Also, there's their Father's Day sale, which is half off the first month's membership. Happy hour every day here at Putting World from 3 to 6 p.m. at Bar 19. And today's Wednesday, half-price wine bottles every Wednesday. And with a paying adult, kids 12 and under, putt free all from putting world it is the extra point right here on kdus am 1060 one more segment to go next Final segment of today's Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We're live from Putting World located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. But as we typically do, it is thank you time. As always, we thank the, uh, all the callers, listeners, emailers, tweeters, whomever, whatever else for the cracks. Also our guest today. Uh, we talked Nuggets Dynasty, the Suns offseason, some NBA offseason things with Mo DeKeel of the Athletic and Bleacher Report. Also, a U.S. Open preview with Kayla and Alex Myers from Golf Digest. And uh, around putting world, so to speak, with head honcho dude, uh, Steve Leonard. 
Also on Thursday at 9.15, we'll go around Major League Baseball, including some Diamondbacks discussion with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo. And Kayla, I'm going to kick it to you for the sound uh, today and uh, other thank yous and other things to wrap it up here today. Sure. So sound courtesy today, ESPN, Fox, Bally Sports, Arizona, WPIX, and CBS. Up next here on KDOS AM 1060, it is Sports Map Radio from noon to 1 o'clock, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show, from 3 to 5 in the sports zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. Uh, one of the things that we didn't get into yet uh, was the Arizona Diamondbacks here. And after they had their uh, brawl, so to speak, uh, two days ago, they lost significantly yesterday to the Phillies. So they'll try to right the ship, win the series with Merrill Kelly on the mound tonight. And he's been tremendous after he got off to the shaky start, which I think was understandable because of the World Baseball Classic. You know, interrupting his usual spring training routine, but he's been dominant of late. You can make a pretty good case, pretty easy case, and uh, so forth, that at least in the last, you know, three or four weeks, he's been uh, more of a dominant pitcher for them than Zach Allen has been, who's had a couple of uh, questionable performances. Uh, but uh, you know he goes for the Diamondbacks tonight, and Ranger Suarez, a left-handed pitcher, who's when he's on, he's a ground ball guy. Uh, he started the season late because he was on the injured list, but third of a four-game series against the Phillies tonight, and they play a matinee tomorrow afternoon. Uh, then you also have the Yankees beating the Mets yesterday, seven to six. Scherzer just three innings, th- three and a third innings, seven hits, six runs, two strikeouts, and two home runs. Uh, today it's going to be Garrett Cole, seven and one, two point eight four ERA, ninety strikeouts versus Justin Verlander, two and three, four point eight five ERA, thirty three strikeouts. Former Astros teammates, uh, Verlander and Cole, and. Uh, you know, that would be uh, you know, much anticipated. You know, Scherzer, uh, really the last two game, two starts now, big heralded matchups and hyped matchups against the Braves last week. He had a multi-run lead and blew that. Last night he had a five-run lead and didn't make it out of the fourth inning. Uh, then you also have these Oakland Athletics here. They beat the Rays 2-1. to one. They've now won seven in a row. Fans showed up yelling sell the team last night. Uh, so certainly there's a lot going on in Oakland. It's going to be a Tyler Glasnow start, though, for the Rays, who's 1-0, 2.87 ERA, 20 strikeouts. Luis Medina, 1-5, 7.53 ERA, 32 strikeouts for the A's. I assume it's back to a ghost town today. So uh, this is, I think it's a third of a four-game series. I think they play tomorrow also. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it was a one-time deal. Oakland last night, they shelled out. And ironically, the same day that that happened is, uh, you know, part of the, uh, the, uh, the, the politicians in Nevada approved uh, at least part one of a uh, possibility of the new stadium. Monty Williams was introduced as Pistons head coach yesterday. Amongst uh, some of the topics that he brought up is that he said his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer during this year's playoff run. Uh, he said that they received good news about Lisa's health and that allowed him to reconnect with the Pistons and ultimately accept the job. Yeah, obviously uh, you know, an interesting uh, period of time for Williams. Uh, 
on and off the floor. Uh, Monday's Heat and Nuggets Game 5 averaged 13.08 million viewers on ABC, which edged the Celtics and the Warriors from last year at 13.03 million. It peaked at 17.83 million viewers, and the five-game series averaged 11.64 million, down from last year's six-game series, 12.40 million, but up from 2021 and 2020. As always, we thank you for listening to The Extra Point right here on KD. AM 1060 as we wrap it up from uh, Putting World in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. Be sure to take advantage of their upcoming putting tour uh, July 1st through 2nd. There's still time to qualify with that $30,000 prize and $10,000 to the first place winner. The Father's Day sale as well, half off the first month's membership and uh, happy hour every day, 3 to 6 p.m. at Bar 19. Check them out at puttingworld.com. It's been a lot of fun being out here at putting world come see it for yourself back in studio tomorrow with the sports zone starting at 9 a.m talk to you then